Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. So I recently... um, had the honor of participating in my stepsister's funeral. Um, some of you have heard that, that uh, I had a stepsister who recently passed away. Um, I actually had never met her. My mom remarried a few years ago, and her husband, um, Ron, had a daughter um, who was born uh, with spina bifida. And she was born with uh, tremendous challenges. Uh, they never expected Christine to live more than a few months, but she beat the odds again and again and again, and she lived um, 56 years. She lived in a uh, group home up near Canton, Ohio, and she had a remarkable life. Um, She met a man who was also living in the group home who was born with cerebral palsy. They fell in love, and they were married 17 years. Um, Christine worked at Lowe's in customer service. She had a full life. Um, I got to participate in her funeral a few weeks ago. Um, Her funeral uh, uh, took place in the church that I grew up in, up in Columbus, Ohio, Messiah Lutheran Church. Um, And as I made my way up to Columbus, I was reflecting on, on not only Christine and this this relative of mine who, who I never had the pleasure of, of knowing, but I also spent a lot of time reflecting on the church that I was, I was driving up to, uh, the church of my childhood. And I was wondering as I drove up there to Messiah Lutheran if I would see familiar faces. I was wondering if there would be some new folks, hopefully, that had made their way into the community since I had last been there. Um, just reflecting over all of these memories, the, the, the church of my upbringing, the church that, that raised me. I was thinking of many people that had made an impact on my life. I've spoken um, in previous sermons about a lady named Charlotte, Charlotte Fosna, my first Sunday school teacher, um, and the impact she made on my life, like a grandma um, to me. And as I arrived there at Messiah Lutheran and we were getting ready for the service, I got there a couple hours early to be with family and to be with Pastor Carl and to go over the the ceremony. Um, I did in D.C. a lot of familiar faces, uh, saints of God. They were preparing in the fellowship hall uh, a reception for after the funeral and in Messiah Lutheran fashion, it was a smorgasbord of, of desserts. And as I made my way around the back hallway, past the kitchen, there she was, Mary. Mary. The same woman with her hair done up perfectly, who was in the kitchen once again. Mary has always been in the kitchen at Messiah Lutheran. When I was ordained, it was Mary in the kitchen for the ordination service. When my niece, Alexis, was baptized, it was Mary there preparing the desserts. I think Mary's been in that kitchen for over 50 years, smiling, cutting up cherry pie and pecan pie and putting it on trays. A saint, 
And then a little bit uh, before the service started, I was delighted to see my old Cub Scout leader, Mr. Schmant, Gary Schmant, my old Boy Scout leader. I grew up with his son, Alan, with the same age, and there he was, faithful Gary. I said, Gary, it's great to see you. How are the boys? And, and uh, he said, they're great, and we caught up for a little while, and and uh, I said, well, thank you for coming to this. Did, did you ever know Christine? No, but, but I, you know, Ron, her father, um, you know, I, I wanted to be here for him. And, and well, you, you know, Lauren, I, I like to run the AV equipment in the sanctuary. And I said, boy, Gary, you've been volunteering forever. And Gary, in his wisdom, tort, sort of stepped back and he said, well, Lauren, it's more than volunteering. It's how I worship. That struck me. During the ceremony, sitting up front in the, in the chancel, and I look back, and in the balcony choir loft, there's Gary with all of his equipment. He's videotaping the service to give to Ron as a gift, and he's running the microphones, and he's doing it all, and he's up there. And Gary's always been the one up there. Gary was the guy up there in the booth when I had my ordination service. He was there when my niece was baptized. He was there even when his kids were little, like me, running around in the pews. Gary was in the back, worshiping God through service. As I drove home that day, I was reflecting on these saints of God, these faithful people. It made me think of the saints of God here at Prince of Peace, many of you who week in and week out faithfully show up and do the work of the gospel. This week as I was preparing to preach, when I was looking in Luke chapter 2, I thought of that same spirit that is so present in Mary and Gary that we find here in Simeon and Anna. Luke chapter 2 is the chapter where we get the story of the birth of Jesus. This is the Christmas story. It's all right there. And now when you think of the story of the birth of Jesus, if this were a movie, whose names would be on the marquee? Jesus, the Christ child, Mary and Joseph. Even sheep and cows would get a higher billing on the marquee than Simeon and Anna, right? Simeon and Anna. Nobody would watch the credits roll on that movie to read the names of Simeon and Anna. They would be like looking for the second grip or the uh, musical researcher on the movie. They're, they're smaller roles, and yet they show us so much about the servant life about the heart of God. They're right there in Luke chapter 2. We're told that it had come time for Mary and Joseph to bring Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord for the ritual act of purification. Purification for Mary. She would have been unclean for a certain amount of days after childbirth, so she's going back to the temple to be made clean, to go through all of the rituals that were customary to the Jewish people. And we're told that as they entered the temple a man named Simeon was also being drawn to the temple. We don't know if he was 
a priest. We don't know what role he played. We don't know much about him other than the fact that he's called righteous and devout. Other than the fact that we're told the Holy Spirit rested upon him and that Simeon had a great longing. His longing was for the consolation of Israel. In other words, he longed for the healing and the restoration and the salvation of his people. It was this desire within him. We're led to believe that he was of older age because as Mary and Joseph bring Jesus, he takes the infant in his arms and he offers this beautiful prayer to God. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Now I can die in peace, Lord, for my heart's longing has been fulfilled in this child. Now what's remarkable about Simeon to me is he's so unlike the other characters in Luke. Simeon is the first character in Luke who recognizes that Jesus is the Messiah without an angel telling him so. Mary had been visited by an angel. Joseph had been visited by an angel. The shepherds had been visited by angels who told them to go to this Christ child to see what God was doing. And yet Simeon doesn't have any of that. He's simply righteous and devout and he's dedicated his life to worship. To worshiping God. And it's in the context of worshiping in the temple that Simeon recognizes Jesus. And then Anna, a little while later, it's the same thing. We're told about Anna, a woman of old age who was at least 84 years old. In biblical times, that was really ancient. Who is a woman who's suffered tragedy. She's a widow. We don't know much about her, but she obviously had grief. She's lived a full life, and yet there she is, the example of faithful worship in the temple. We're told that she didn't leave the temple. She worshiped there night and day through prayer and fasting, and just like Simeon, she recognizes the Messiah through the context of worship. No angel, no heavenly revelation, Faithful, obedient worship. And she begins to prophesy and to praise God. Simeon and Anna are heroes of the faith. Their name might not be on the top of the marquee, they might not be written about in children's books at Christmas time. They might be characters that we could easily skip over and move past to get to more exciting things in the gospel. And yet there they stand, faithful examples, heroes of the faith. We need more Simeons and Annas. The reality is, here at Prince of Peace, we're a faithful community. We have many folks who serve diligently. But over time, we all fall into our patterns and we fall into our habits. 
And the reality is, it doesn't take long for the same people to be serving every week, after week, after week, after week, while the rest of us come and participate, receive and sing, and yet the same people are in the kitchen, and the same people are behind the AV equipment, Mike, the same people are serving communion, the same people are assisting, the same people are singing. Do, do you get what I'm saying? What if, what if we set an intention to be more like Simeon, to be more like Anna, not because we ought to, not because, well, it's our duty, not because, well, yeah, I should volunteer. You see, I don't think Simeon and Anna were so dedicated in their worship because it was a duty, it was a volunteer role that they felt obligated to fulfill. I think that Simeon and Anna, just like Mary in that kitchen at Messiah Lutheran, just like Gary so profoundly said, Lauren, it's more than volunteering. This is how I worship. What if we viewed these roles as acts of worship? You see, when we serve the body and blood of Christ, we're not just serving the meal of God, we're worshiping the God who feeds us all. When we distribute those collection plates, we're not just serving a volunteer function of, of collecting the offering. We're worshiping the God who has given us everything. You see, when we serve as greeters or ushers who welcome people into the congregation, we're not volunteering to just greet people because we ought to be friendly. We're worshiping the God of welcome by extending a welcome to other people. What if we reframed this as worship, as praise and adoration of the God who has given us everything? The reality is, Simeon and Anna, though they are faithful and devout, I imagine that they would have liked some help. Just like Gary up in that, in that choir loft and just like Mary in the kitchen, just like many of you, right? Maybe you identify with Anna and Simeon and you're thinking, yeah, it'd be great to have some, some fresh energy. I want to challenge us. I want to challenge our community to quit thinking about these functions as volunteer roles. I ought to volunteer. And I want you to think of it as maybe I'm going to stretch myself to worship God in a new way. Our acolyte who lights the candles isn't volunteering to light a candle and set a mood. She's bearing the light of Christ. She's worshiping the God of light by bringing light into our assembly. Everything is worship. Everything is worship. Why don't we start with our hymn of the day? God gave you a voice. Let's sing. Not just follow along. Not just listen to Toby. 
let's sing. I'm not a singer, and I'm going to sing because God is worthy of praise. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.